Well, hey, good morning, Alpine Church, and welcome to our online service. Uh, my name is Pastor Chris, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and I'm honored that you're joining us today. You know, isn't it so cool that we can still meet as a church, uh, but not be in the church building? And, and let me tell you, we cannot wait to get together again. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about chaos, and today we're going to specifically look at how God can use chaos in our lives. You know, when we think of that word chaos, we, we think of so many different emotions, don't we? Fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, anger, all of these things. And, and I don't know about you, but I could go down that list and pretty much check off every single one of them. I mean, I could probably add some on there as well. In what feels like a blink of an eye, everything has changed, hasn't it? And the new normal feels completely abnormal. I mean, we're feeling this all of the time uh, at our house. M much like many of you, we've had to become homeschool teachers. And let me just say to all of you teachers out there, we love you and we thank you and we're praying for you. And uh, we believe that you are overworked and underpaid. And for those of you who are actually homeschooling at home for real, we just want to say you have a very, very special place in heaven. But for us, what that looks like is, I mean, we'll start in the morning with math or, or English and, and we'll have lunch and then we'll quickly move into an unforced PE session because both of our boys are in a UFC fighting match, right? Everything is chaotic. And isn't it true that we've all been reforced to think and, uh, about how life functions and maybe the things that we thought that were normal weren't normal after all. And through all of the chaos, the things that we're experiencing is a way for God to show us what really matters in life. You see, it's really easy to get distracted from what God is wanting to teach us in all the chaos. And today, I want to look at three ways that I believe God can use chaos in our lives, how we can leverage it. And here's the first, it's this, is that God uses chaos to get our attention. You see, God can use chaos to get our attention. He wants to reveal our need for him. You know, isn't it so true that we live in a world where we're inundated with ourselves, that we're focused on us, and, and we live in a very prideful culture? You know, look at me, look what I have, look what I can do and what I've done. It's this social media life, right? It's how many likes can I get? How many thumbs up? Speaking of which, whatever platform you're on right now, why don't you go ahead and give us a thumbs up? But maybe you're like me and you're a type A personality and you have to have everything in control. Everything has to be in order. And before we know it, we have elevated our thoughts and our plans, our motives above our relationship with God instead of trusting in him. You know, sadly, I think this is nothing new. As we read in scripture, people have always been this way. They have been focused and have prioritized control above their relationship with God. You know, one instance that comes into mind is in Genesis chapter 11, and it's the story of the Tower of Babel. And you may have heard of this story. It was sometime after Noah and the flood, the population had begun to grow. And as the population grew, so did their dependence on themselves. They began to make a name for themselves. The story reads in Genesis 11, chapter four, it says, then they said, come, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered 
all over the world. And so what we see here is we see them um, moving on with their plans and their direction. And so then God responds. We pick up the story in verse 7. It says, come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them over all of the world and they stopped building the city. Now, can you imagine this scene for just one moment? At what one point, it seems like everything's going great, right? We have a picture of, of great community. They, they're on purpose, on mission. Everyone's speaking the same language. They're doing life together. I mean, they're building buildings and they're doing great things and, and all seems well in the world. But you see, there was a problem. The problem was, is they were elevating themselves above God. And that is sin. They were distracted by this illusion of control. And it became what they could achieve, what they could do, their motives. So God did something extremely chaotic to get their attention. And sometimes God will do the same for us. You know, with all of the distractions in our life, isn't it the tendency that we have to make our plans without God? You know, we make decisions with our best interest in mind. And, and one of the quickest ways that God can get our attention is by disrupting those plans. And you see, what he's forcing us to do is to slow down. He's trying to get our attention so that we would focus more on him. You know, God loves us so much that he will do whatever it takes to get our attention. And sometimes it'll be in a difficult experience. Sometimes it'll be in, in very confusing situations. Sometimes it'll be in what feels like complete chaos. You know, sometimes it, it'll be in a blessing. Sometimes it'll be in a miracle. And you might be thinking, well, well yes, I'm so good with God blessing me and giving a miracle. But, but then the other stuff, the chaos, why would a loving God allow chaos and suffering and difficulty to happen to me? Isn't there an easier way? Well, the answer is yes, there could have been an easier way. You see, in the beginning, God created this world and everything in it, and he made it absolutely perfect. And then he created man and woman to, to govern the land and to live in it and to really experience the joys that God had given them. But you see, even then, if we read just eight chapters before the story of the Tower of Babel, we see man and woman elevating their plans above God. And sin enters the world, and because of that, we have chaos. You see, God, uh, we look at God and we look at that and we say, God, why are you allowing chaos in my life? Well, in reality, God is unable to do evil. He's unable to do any of those things, but he can use chaos to bring about good in our lives. And you see, what we perceive as difficult, confusing, and chaotic situations God can use those trials to reveal our need for him. God can use difficulty to keep us from going in the wrong direction. God can use chaos to bring us closer to him so that we can experience his plans, his ways, which are far greater than we could even imagine for ourselves. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we were uh, starting a young family many, many years ago, and we had two young boys, vibrant boys, and my wife, she wanted a baby girl. Now, let me just put this on record. I, I was good with two boys, uh, but she wanted to have another baby, and so uh, we did everything we could in our power to have a baby girl. And when I say everything, my wife was determined. I mean, we researched, 
we read books, uh, we ate things at weird times, we did weird things at weird times, if you know what I mean. And we thought that everything that we could do could produce this child to, to produce a baby girl. And I remember I had just gotten back. I was a youth pastor here at Alpine for, for many, many years ago. And, and we went into uh, our, our checkup appointment. I had just gotten back from a mission trip to the Philippines. And, and we go into the, the doctor's office and they start the ultrasound. And this ultrasound was a little bit different. Uh, with our boys, we could hear the heartbeat right away and, and, and we could hear what was going on. But this one, it seemed like it was a little bit difficult for the nurse to find the heartbeat. And so she, she put some more stuff on and began to dig around and to try to get uh, that, that sound. And I'll never forget what happened. She said, can you excuse me for a moment? I need to go see the doctor. And as soon as the door shut, my wife looked at me and she was sobbing. And we knew we had lost our baby. And you see, in just a, a blink of an eye, we began to see, oh my gosh, we are now completely out of control. And so we had all these different emotions of, of sadness and, and anger and fear, much like the things that we talked about that come with chaos. But there was a time where we said, God, you are in control. And when we did that, we experienced comfort. You see, I, I don't know what God is trying to do to get your attention. You know, what, what he might be doing or saying is, is to try to, to draw you closer to him. You know, maybe it's this coronavirus relentless about what's going on in our life and, and the anxiety of, are things ever going to get back to normal? It's this fear that we had. And you know, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's that you feel defeated uh, due to an addiction or there's a, a loss of, uh, of your job or possessions. Maybe it's a broken relationship, tragedies, you know, loss of a loved one. And the question is, is will you give up control and turn to God for direction? You know, un unfortunately, most people, when we experience this, we, we have a tendency to resent God and, and our problems uh, begin to be this thing where it pushes us away from God. But here is the truth. Sometimes you and me don't realize how much we need God until God is really all that we have. And when God is all that we have, you see, then we can begin to think more clear. And we'll see that in every situation, in every circumstance, God is even God is in control, even in the chaos. I say, okay, God, so now you've gotten our attention, right? God, you, you are here and, and we're ready. And so now how do we move on and, and how do we use chaos to, to impact our everyday lives? So I believe that leads us to the next point, which is this. God uses chaos to expose our priorities. He wants us to focus on what really matters in life, listen, life is so busy. It's hectic. There's distractions everywhere. There's so much going on and, and so little time to do it. We go a million miles an hour and, and our priorities are, are centered around our kids and sports and education and jobs and, and relationships and hobbies. And, and I think for me and for many of you, it might be that we always start out with the best intention, don't we? We say, God, you are number one on the priority list. And then all of a sudden life happens. And our kids need to be moved from here to there. We become busy with our families. And naturally what happens is God gets moved one notch down on the priority list. And you see, then what happens is we have a job and we have to provide and, and we have all of these things that, that we need to do to make sure that everything's in order. And we go to work and, and we come home and we're tired. And before you know it, it's time for bed. 
And God gets moved one more notch down that priority list. You know, maybe it's that, hey, everyone's working for the weekend. I've been working and, and I've been doing my, my family time during the weekend. And I want to I wanna have some me time Saturday and Sunday. I want to do those things. And God gets moved down the priority list one more notch. And before you know it, once again, what we have done is we have elevated our plans, our motives, our thoughts above God. And then all of a sudden, boom, what happens? The coronavirus hits, the chaos comes, and, and now we're in the quarantine life. So what do we do now? You know, everything shifted. There's no more running around. There's, there's no more getting the kids uh, to and from. And uh, in fact, the kids are at home a lot. And again, we're praying for you too. And there's no more sports. Guys, how terrible is it that there's no more sports? Like I find myself watching reruns of just about anything that I could possibly watch. Maybe it's an economic strain. You know, we've lost our job or, or we're struggling to provide. Our relationships have been lost or shifted without, you know, with all of this social distancing. And we scream, God, what is going on? And my hope for you is that as chaos has suddenly changed life for most of us, we would begin to see that this is an opportunity for us to make adjustments in our priorities. We need to work on what really matters. We need to shift our focus. We need to prioritize what is most important in our lives. And the question is, what is the most important thing in our lives? You know, Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 12. He said, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. And the second is equally important, he says, to love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You know, what's the most important priority in our life? It's our relationship with God. And after our relationship with God, it's our relationship with people. I mean, there is no doubt that the most important priority in yours and my life is to have a relationship with Jesus, to put our faith and trust in him for the forgiveness of our sins. Listen, if you're here watching online today and you've never done that, you see the Bible says there's a separation between us and God and it's called sin. It's called us going our own way. And because of that chasm, we we can't be in relationship with God now or for eternity. But you see, God loves us so much that he did anything in his power and everything in his power to have us be in relationship with him again. You see, he sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth to live a life that we couldn't live. He died a death that you and I deserved. And he did that so we could again be in relationship with God so that our sin could be reconciled. You know, the the good news is that he didn't just stay dead because he was God. He was raised to new life. And what that means, if we put our faith in Jesus, we can one day spend eternity with him in heaven. And if you haven't done that today, uh, we'd love for you to make a comment. We'd love to reach out with you. Maybe you're with someone watching online and and they want to do that today. Please understand that that is the most important priority in our life. And when we do that, we can allow the Holy Spirit to change us. And then it impacts all of our relationships. And so we can begin to prioritize on what really matters. Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. You see, God doesn't want to be the top line of our priority list. God wants the whole list. Because when God has our entire priority list, then he can give us everything that we need. 
And so what does this mean practically? I think number one, when you love God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and you strive to live righteously, you find out what pleases him and you do it. You get into God's word and you spend time in a Bible reading plan or a mentoring relationship. You know, you, you connect with God. In relationship, you communicate. And so begin to pray and, and cultivate a relationship with God. And once we realize that our relationship with God is the most important priority, it then can impact every other relationship that we have. You know, I'm sure that we've all said, I wish I had more time with, with God. I wish I was closer to my family. I wish I had better friendships. Well, the truth is, is we can. And we can do it right away. But oftentimes we let ourselves get in the way. Our focus is on ourselves. We're selfish. We're afraid to start because we've never done it before. We think it's too late. But listen, it is never too late to refocus, to reshift our priorities. There is never a relationship too broken or a circumstance too bad for God not to restore. And the truth is this, our families, their sports, their practices, their education, those are all good things, but that's not the priority. The priority is that they would know and love Jesus with everything that they have. And so what, what am I doing? What are you doing to make that a priority? Uh, you know, are you spending time with your family and mentoring and, and family talking, devotionals? Our jobs, our money, our stuff, all of those things are gifts from God, but they're not the priority. The priority is that we would see them as blessings and that we would use them as tools to point people to Jesus. What are we doing to make that happen? At work, is it conversations, is it an invite to church, is it getting involved in a small group? We can leverage chaos as an opportunity to reevaluate our priorities and bring them in line with God. And the question is, will we respond appropriately in chaos by making him the priority? Now, if you're anything like me, even with God at the top of the priority list, I have a tendency to want to take control, to control things. But the truth is, is there are so many things that are out of my control and, and really, God uses chaos to help us surrender control. God uses that chaos to, to help us surrender that control. And he does that because he knows when we, we surrender to him and we give him control, that that's when we can experience complete peace. And have you ever felt that when you're trying to control things, life gets more chaotic, right? No matter how hard you try, things only get worse. The, the reality is there's just so many things that are out of, the, out of our control. But the truth is this, we don't always have the power to control the situation or the circumstance or the duration of it or, or any of those things, but we always have the power to surrender to the one who is in control, and that is God. And when we do that, we begin to experience a peace that is beyond anything that we can understand. You know, back when my wife and I had our miscarriage, we held onto our lives inadvertently not on purpose, with complete control. And after we moved through pain and anger and frustration and sadness and grieving, we, we moved to a, a point of surrender and surrender turned into peace and peace turned into praise. And we began to thank God for the gifts that he's given us and our two boys. And you know, before we knew it, my, my wife, a short time after, she, she unexpectedly got pregnant again. We weren't even planning on it. We were just going to have two boys. And from that pregnancy, we got a beautiful baby girl. You know, I remember reading in God's word something after all of this happened, and, and I want to share that with you. It's in Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says this, it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. 
God said, I'm in control, not you. Will you trust me? You see, Jesus spoke about peace to his disciples shortly before his betrayal and his arrest, eventually leading to his death. Let's take a look at what he says in John 14, 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You might be saying, well, that's easy for Jesus to say, right? He's God. He's in complete control. There's no need for him to surrender. He knows the outcome. But the reality is this, is that Jesus knew firsthand what it meant to suffer and to surrender. You see, shortly before he was going to die, a death that he didn't deserve to give his life for all of mankind, we read about his surrender in Matthew 26, verse 39. He says, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, please let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Now, please listen. There is something so powerful about this moment right here. This is God in the flesh, and he could have chosen to do whatever he wanted to do. You see, even in the midst of suffering and fear and anxiety and doubt and the chaos, he chose to surrender to God. And he said, Father, your will, not mine. And listen, this wasn't easy for him. Surrender isn't a one-time event. It's a daily choice. And sometimes it's a moment by moment choice. In fact, if you read just a few chapters later, it says that Jesus went back not only one time or two times, but three times. And every time he prayed the same prayer, God, this is a moment by moment thing. Please, is there anything that you can do? But at the end of the day, I will let go of control and I will surrender to your will completely. And you see, Jesus went on to completely surrender his life in the most horrific way. And he did that so that we could be in relationship with a God in a world full of chaos. And he did that so we could experience his peace. Jesus said this in his teaching. He said, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. What is God wanting you to surrender control? Is it the virus? Is it the job? Is it your time? Is it your family? Is it your priorities? Uh, What is it for you? Is it the relationship? I, I don't know what it might be for you, but what is God asking you to let go of control? And listen, surrender is complete. It's not partial. It's not saying, God, uh, this relationship, okay, but not this one or, or this thing in my life and not this one. It's saying, God, I give you everything. It's your time. It's, it's my treasure. It's my talent. It's everything that you've blessed me. It's the difficulties and the blessings, everything. And when we completely surrender to God, the result will always be complete peace. God wants us to see that he is the one who is in control. You know, G.K. Chesterton uh, is an author and, and his fictional character, Father Brown, he wrote this in his book. He says that we are on the wrong side of the tapestry. And you see, what we see in life is all of the knots and the snarls and all of the phrase. And we look at this picture and it looks like utter chaos. But you see, God is on the right side of the tapestry, the side that he is weaving every single piece of yarn into a beautiful work of art. And we may not always know what God is doing in our lives, but the important thing is he does. And in perspective, when we surrender our lives to the all-power creator, the powerful creator of heaven and of earth, God, our Father, who is committed to our good, we are relieved of chaos. And we can then experience his 
complete peace. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you, Father, that you are a God who has our best in mind and that even in the midst of every trial and situation and circumstance, God, we know that you are weaving it in to a masterpiece. God, I pray that we would surrender our lives to you, everything in it. Would you do what you need to do so that we could experience your peace? In the name of Jesus, we pray.